Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by injuries. We got some injuries, Raymond. We got some injuries. We got guys on COVID. We got contracts. And we have some trade rumors. So there's a lot of stuff happening. Despite there not being a season, the 49ers have been very busy and once again are in the middle of many trade talks. Now, Ray, before we get started, before we start talking about that, though, why don't you let them know where they can now, in 2020, find the gold cast? In a single word, everywhere. More specifically... On Twitter, you can follow us at the underscore Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and every other platform that exists there that hosts uh, Spotify, that hosts podcasts. We are all there under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment, especially on YouTube. We know you like to comment on YouTube. YouTube seems to be the most friendliest in terms of giving users the ability to comment. So feel free to chime in there. If that is your preferred network, that seems to be where a lot of our core members go to. But you're welcome to chat to us on Twitter or any of the other corresponding uh, networks uh, free of choice. Although it's hard to keep track of all of them. Um, we just we, we hang out on one central hub and let everything syndicate everywhere to the interwebs. But chime in because we are back with 49er-centric news, which is definitely our favorite topic. And we certainly want to get your take on everything that is 49ers today. And actually, this is something we have to talk about because if you'll notice, our YouTube video, our YouTube channel has not been updated in a couple weeks. And the reason that is, I'm glad you actually mentioned YouTube, Raymond, because I wanted to hit this. The reason that is is because we have been steadily working on these videos and ma- figuring out and working on how to get the right quality, the right look. And uh, you'll notice oftentimes we're talking about things we're seeing. We've mentioned like Candlestick Will's uh, ridiculous, awesome intro that I don't think anyone has actually seen yet. And that is because we're simply working on the video side. So do not fret about the YouTube. If you're like, hey, man, YouTube has not been updated in a couple weeks. What's going on? It's not that we're ignoring. It's that actually we have just spent this time, this uh, quarantine time that is basically rapidly coming to a full end. We have spent that actually working on video and trying to figure out and get exactly what we're looking for. So we have done test runs. We have done mock videos. We've, you know, we've edited them. And more and more, we were getting closer and closer to a look that we really like. But the entire goal is to simply bring you video along with the podcast. And I would say we're really close. I would so um, you this this one may come out as a audio. It may come out on video. But either way, stick to the podcast channel for now because you might see YouTube go up and down a little bit as far as what we're introducing. But our goal really is when we really get back to consistently on YouTube, it will be launching directly uh, to video. So if for any, if you don't find, if you want to comment and you don't see this video up, do not uh, get deterred. Go to our social media handles that Raymond just mentioned. Raymond, where can they go to you directly? If they go, you know what? I want to talk to you, Raymond. I don't agree with anything you said. <laughs> I would say go to Twitter. Now, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter for, for other reasons that I'm sure you guys can all guess. But um, I do get notifications if someone is to directly at me. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. That's R-A-Y-S-O-L-I-S. And on Instagram at the same moniker, with one little adjustment, that's at Ray Solis one. That's the number one at the end of that. 
Nice. And then you can find me on I am Rudy 3RD. I am Rudy 3rd. All right. Here we go. Injuries, COVID, contracts, and trade rumors. All up on this latest edition of the Goldcast. But first, your professor of fanalism, he's in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Double boom! (laughs) (laughs) Two booms! (laughs) Two boom! Boom, 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 boom! Boom, a sequel boom! (laughs) Then there's the prequel boom! (laughs) All right. So, Raymond, let's get into this. Let's start first with the bad news. The bad news is is that we got some injuries. We do. We just got- just like we get them in the regular season, we have to give them as much attention as we do a lot of the other aspects of football because health is a huge part of football success. And if we know that injuries have plagued this team in the first two years of the first three years of Kyle Shanahan's tenure, and we know that that was m- massively devastating to the team's ability to to sustain wins and sustain momentum uh, even when they were fighting down to the last quarter it, it proved to be very very difficult for this team but they hung in there obviously and turned things around big time in 2019 and are looking to repeat that in 2020 but the i'll add a caveat to that the injuries are happening now i'd rather them happen now in june versus september or any other month between september and February. Amen. So so let's get it over with now. We got two, and they're both on offense. So we know that those of you who have been paying attention, Debo Samuel, um, arguably the wide receiver who's going to take over the number one spot after Emmanuel Sanders' departure to the New Orleans Saints. He broke his foot last week. And we have Richie James Jr., who is a seventh-round pick and has been a huge contributor on special teams with punt returns and kick returns and does a little bit of receiving too, not as much as Debo, obviously, but he's definitely involved. He broke his wrist. Both players are expected. Richie James's wrist injury, he'll be out for two months is what the projection's going to be. So that means June 18th. So July 18th, August 18th. He'll be in time for the latter half of preseason. Good news for that because that's a pivotal position. And then we also have the uh the sorry Debo Samuel who broke his foot that there's no there's it's like two to three months is what it's projected to be it really depends on Debo the severity of the injury we know he's obviously going to be diligent and working with the team doctors to get back as soon as possible is what his goal is he said he'll be back early in the season so that means in my estimation based on when they when they say early season that's at least somewhere between weeks one and four you know, I would say probably somewhere between weeks two and three. Um, that's probably where I think he's going to come back. Probably weeks two or three, but it just really depends. You know, I don't know what kind of foot injury. It's like it was like a Jones fracture, as as they call it. So what, whatever that means, I guess Jones, maybe Jones was the first guy to get that break. And congratulations. 
I believe I believe that injury first occurred while they were playing a Tom Jones song. Ah, it was so a Tom it, Jones song. So it's it's maybe it's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you did there, Ray. You yes and me. I appreciated that. I really did. No, we actually have no idea. Do not believe us on that on that Tom Tom Jones thing. Someone's out there going, "Wow, really?" Was playing Tom Jones. Oh, so weird. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fact check that. I'm just going to going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Yes, yeah, yeah, bona fide truth. <laughs> so we have those two injuries, and naturally that has started the small little whirlwind of rumors and what should the 49ers do going forward. And I know, Rudy, I know you've got some takes on some of that stuff. So the first thing, first things first, what do you think of these injuries that have hit us early in this offseason? Well, I agree, right? I guess obviously obviously the the – the silver lining is better in June than September, as you said, right? But here's the problem, and this is what worries me about this situation. Debo looks to be the heir apparent to the number one position. That's a lot of responsibility to put on a sophomore wide receiver. And obviously, we've upgraded a lot. We've tried to improve a lot at wide receiver. Kyle Shanahan is way better, way better at picking wide receivers than he is than, than, than the previous regime. Balky really struggled with it. In fact, Balky's real strength was always defense. He was really good at, def- at, de- at defensive players. He was really good, really good at picking cornerbacks, linebackers, line, really good. But we really struggled at, at wide receiver, and that's that has been a consistent issue for until Shanahan. And Shanahan really seems to have his pulse on what he's looking for, and they've obviously greatly improved this team. But the question is, is Debo Samuels really ready for the wide receiver one position, as you mentioned? Because right now there is no heir apparent. There isn't. And Emmanuel Sanders left a gaping hole in there. I said last year uh, around week four and week five during the Why Not Us campaign that we started hearing the gold cast and we were saying, why not us? Why can't the 49ers go to the Super Bowl? We were right. I was right. I called it back in week four and five. Listen to the tape that Andy Laird put. He put the clip out. I don't remember where it is. But it's out there. It's out there. It exists in the world. And the the problem, the problem now, the issue that we have now is once Emmanuel Sanders left, where did he go? He went to the New Orleans Saints. Went to the enemy. Went to the enemy. Went to the one team that we all expected to face us in the NFC Championship. That is exactly who we expected to see in the final game of the playoffs before the Super Bowl was the New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints did what the New Orleans Saints always do, and that is somehow crap up a playoff appearance in like uh, in, in spectacular fashion. They have done this dating all the way back to the catch three in 2010 against Alex Smith and the 49ers under Jim Harbaugh. And all the way now in 2020, none of that has changed, but they keep getting better. And at some point they've got to break through. And of course I get nervous going, you can't just keep banking on the saints, you know, uh, shooting themselves in the foot because eventually they're not going to, and eventually this is not going to happen. And Emmanuel Sanders Opposite Michael Thomas with Alvin Kamara in the back in the in the backfield? Are you kidding me with Drew Brees at quarterback? My goodness! And then Taysom Hill all over the place doing Taysom Hill things. That offense has really reloaded. And the question is: Are Debo Samuel's, Kendrick Bourne, Richie James, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Jimmy G? Are these guys ready to take on that offense 
in the NFC Championship. Now, luckily, it's our defense that has to stop them, but can our offense keep up? Last year, they did a great job, but who was on the squad, Raymond? Emmanuel Sanders. Who's not on the squad? Emmanuel Sanders. Now he's with the enemy. Now here's the other problem. Debo Samuel's out for four weeks. There's probably a big chance we're not going to have a preseason. Yeah, or or a minimum of two games if, if they do anything. That means his preseason starts weeks three, four, and five. So I, I read a little bit more on this. Uh, you touched on a little bit. The injury, they're saying he actually should be back somewhere between week four and five. He says he'll be back before their season. That's what they're supposed to say. That's what they always say. That's what they always believe. And God bless them. They should believe it. Go Niners. Go faithful. But having said that, I think we have to realistically believe that he is not going to be back until weeks four or five. So who's going to take that number one spot? Now, listen, everyone just needs to let this go. Antonio Brown is not coming to the 49ers. And to be honest, after everything that happened last year, I don't think you want him on the 49ers. He he he's he has had a lot of personal strife and issues up and down. I don't really know what the problem is. I'm not I'm not sitting here, I'm not judging AB. Great, extremely talented wide receiver. I have no issue with him as a person. I have no opinions about his person. I don't know the guy. I'm just saying, though, based on the track record of last year, the whirlwind that has surrounded AB does not feel like it'd be a good fit for this team, especially one that is really starting to come together and really starting to see what they're made of and see how far they're capable of if they play at their top potential, which is the best of the best and a Super Bowl. And this team also is still young enough, Raymond, where one injury, one injury really sets us back. We saw what happened with the defense when we had a couple different injuries. We see what happens when someone goes, we still do not have that veteran leadership. And I'm not sure if Debo Samuels was ready for that spot, but having this injury right now, a Tom Jones fracture while playing a Tom Jones song before the season starts, no bueno, my friend. No bueno, my friend. And 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 uh, being... Being ready for the number one spot, I think it makes it very difficult for that to happen when you are going to be probably gone for the first, you know, first uh, um, first four weeks minimum. I mean, I know he says he's going to be back before, and maybe he's right, but at the same time, you don't want to rush this and have him get hurt for the rest of the season. So what are your thoughts, Raymond? What are your thoughts on – let me ask you a question – how do you feel about it now? Now I'm tossing the ball back in your court. That's where I stand on it. I'm nervous. This does not bode well for his development into a wide receiver one. I think year three, no problem. He's there. But this is a really pitiful season for him. He is not going to be starting the beginning of it. That's not going to be good. Maybe it – and that makes me nervous. And so where do you stand? Where do you stand on all this? Well, I think Devo Samuel is ready for that. He's He matured and progressed – significantly in his rookie year and really became a standout wide receiver pretty much in the second half of the season. He had some rookie fumbles in the first half, but I think he really came on in the second half. And, you know, anyone who's not following the team and just watching, you know, could easily see, could watch him and say like, whoa, that guy's a player, you know, easily. He's he's obviously the number two, bona fide number two, but he's also a you know, he also has some versatility. He is obviously was huge and in the popular jet sweep play. That was one of his signature plays last year. And he was also used as a decoy in those same formations. And when the, the ball was pitched to somebody else, they keep defenses honest. 
But I think that he came into the offseason knowing that he was going to compete for that number one wide receiver role. But we also have Brandon Ayuk, the rookie, coming in. We also have got Jalen Hurd, who's coming off injury, who's been playing, who's been healthy so far. There's been... It's it's there's hasn't been any reports on him, which is what you want to hear in the offseason. No reports is a good thing. When you hear reports, it's usually injury related, which is what it is now. So you have those two guys coming in, waiting in the wings. One, obviously, who's going to be in his rookie season. We don't know what we're going to get out of him. We're hoping he has something similar to the Debo Samuel situation. And we also have Jalen Hurd, who is equally as versatile as Debo Samuel. But he has size that is akin to, you know, your jump ball type receivers, your your big, long, lengthy guys. And Jalen Hurd's all about that. So we, we know that that's that he brings a unique skill set that if, if he can be tapped, if he can tap into that and hone and refine those skills, we can have one hell of a wide receiver who could easily become number one. If he becomes that this season, who knows? Obviously, there's no way to know and predict accurately at this point. I just know that we have those two guys coming in. Trent Taylor is healthy. Um, hopefully he can come in and, and pick up where he left off on his rookie season before succumbing to the sophomore slump injury. And, um, so there's, there's hope there as well. So that you got, you got three guys that in addition that go into our backs that can all catch out of the backfield too, and catch downfield. So, and we also have George Kittle, who's a, who's, who is our number one, you know, in, in terms of receptions, yardage. And I think touchdowns probably not probably tied, but we know that yardage and receptions he leads the team. He is our he is our our true number one, although albeit from the tight end position, but he's just he's just that good. So I you know we do have, I think we have the tools to keep up with the New Orleans Saints. It really just comes down to health. Are these guys going to be healthy? And in the case of Brandon Ayuk, and Jalen Hurd. Not only does it come down to that, but it comes down, not only does it come down to health, but it comes down to the point where like, all right, yes, you are healthy right now, but are you going to perform on the field? We know that not every pick works out, no matter how good or awesome your team and your coaching staff and your atmosphere is. We obviously know Dante Pettis is a product of that, where he's great. He's had tremendous talent coming out of college, but is not even fulfilling the role that he specialized in in college. That role has gone to Richie James, who's now injured. You know, and, and so we know that sometimes they can be a bust. We know Reuben Foster, amazing talent, but had off the field issues that couldn't keep him on the field and we had to let him go. So we, we do know there's some hit and miss there. So who knows? Uh, I don't know who the next player, the player miss is going to be. Solomon Thomas is another one that's on that list of misses. You know, extenuating circumstances obviously apply to Solomon Thomas. But at the same time, he hasn't he hasn't been able to, you know, to catch up. So maybe he's a late bloomer like an Eric Armstead, who wasn't uh, obviously a, that was a Trent Balky pick. But we'll just have to wait and see. We have Kinlaw, too, coming in on the defensive side, but that's another podcast for another day. Today's all offense. And so for me, I think it's it's not as daunting. It's not as, I mean, it's never good to hear an injury, but the fact that it's happening now gives me some pause to to remain optimistic, especially with the aforementioned group that's also coming back from injury, Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor, and then you have Brandon Ayuk, the really promising rookie who also looks like he's going to add a nice wrinkle into the mix. Because, you know, when you have teams of this caliber, you know, your draft picks tend to kind of everyone steps up because you go into a locker room atmosphere where where the level of play and the mentality is really on another level because that's really what it takes to to get to the tournament in this sport. You know, the, the morale 
of the the worst team in the NFL isn't the exact same morale as it is in the 49ers locker room. So it's a different psychology that you come in there as a rookie. You get you get influenced by a different psychology. So our rookies are going to have a taste of that. You know that revenge championship level go for shoot for the stars. You know sky's the limit mentality. So I think that's going to help elevate their play and help them groom along faster than they would normally if they were on a mediocre team or a or a, a really shitty team but in our case i think it's going to help the rookies so I, I think it's going to bolster them which is why i get excited when we got kinlong when we got Ayuk, because they're coming on a team that's already loaded and packed so it's easier to learn and progress when everyone around you is great because you're feeding off that so the rookies are going to feed off that so i'm hoping that Ayuk can feed off of that even though debo is kind of one of the more seasoned players there but you do have your trent taylor and you have Re- wes welker is our wide receivers coach so you know you have a proven player that knows the sport that's helping these guys keeping them in long obviously you want a veteran presence there and i know that dante whitner just loves antonio brown despite the off the field issues dante whitner kind of sees past that and he's like no 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 they should really get this guy because he's he's just that amazing which i get it, it's uh, it's undeniable seven pro bowls he's amazing led the league in most categories he is the best in the league he is absolutely the best and obj is probably number two so but like you said it's just not worth it and i know after that so so we, after that dante whitner came out after the injuries and advocated for antonio brown once again which he's been doing and then after that we have kendrick Bourne tweet the 49ers and des bryant who's been trying to get back into the league and said hey 49ers look at des bryant des bryant tweeted that retweeted that and liked that and then on top of that to compound on this on this advocates this all this advocating for veteran wide receivers to chimes in and replies to kendrick Bourne and says hey while we're on that tip you know don't don't overlook me you know i i can still play age is just a number you know by the way i disagree with all three of those veteran choices uh that you know there's there's definitely other choice we do have a couple veterans on there on our team i think we have uh benjamin from uh, carolina that i think is still with our team um I don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody else. I think that he's he's the oldest wide receiver on our team, and he's kind of eh. He's definitely not a Des Bryant or Antonio Brown or a T.O. Those are obviously all high high caliber wide receivers. But you know, I I, I know what you think. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say no on Antonio Brown for the reasons you already stated. I'm gonna say no on T.O. For the fact he's just too old. I understand he says that it's just a number, and T.O. still is in amazing shape. He's got to be joking, right? He's got to be joking. Lots of people look great at old age. You you can still look like you can play at age 40, but that doesn't mean you can play at age 40. You know, just have a six-pack body. He does. He has all of that stuff, you know. Uh, Shannon Sharp still looks like he could play tight end. He looks bigger than when he played. That doesn't mean the guy can get on the field and play, you know, unfortunately. But the the thing is, like, I'm going to say no on T.O. for age. And I'm going to say no on Des Bryant, basically for the fact that in 2018 he uh, tore his Achilles. The terrible injury. What do you think? I, I, I have a feeling I know what you think, you know, because we talked about this a little bit off air. But, I mean, what what's your take on the advocacy for any of these three? I mean, you already vetoed Antonio Brown, but what about Des and T.O.? <sighs> Des Bryant, man, no. No, I mean, he had lost a step or two before he was signed by the Saints. He was with the Saints for like three or four days, tore his Achilles. We already know that's a devastating injury. It took it took Richard Sherman 
two years to really come back from that, right? And he was playing football the whole time. Dez hasn't been playing football the whole time. So not only is that a two-year injury to come back from, but he hasn't even been training at the level to compete in the National Football League. So that gives me more cause to pause. And T.O., I mean, obviously you sign T.O. tomorrow. I mean, when T.O. comes a knocking, you got to sign him, right? Right. <laughs> uh, T.O. Clearly. <laughs> uh, you know, to be honest, Raymond, I actually went into my Twitter account, I am Rudy Third, and I wrote, hey, I am also available. Hashtag age ain't nothing but a number. Hashtag never too old to get started. Hashtag got to start somewhere. And so that was, I threw, I figured, you know what? Why don't we just all throw our hat in the ring and just see what happens? Let's just have open tryouts. Let's just, let's just have open tryouts, see what happens. And we all go for wide receiver for the 49ers. Yeah, I'm younger than T.O. I mean, might as well give me a shot. Shoot, I'll, I'll take a job. I'll take a job. Yeah, you could pay me, you could pay me a million bucks just to sit on the bench. Yeah, I, I will pump up the balls and hand them to all the guys, you know, uh, if, if that's what it takes to get me on the field or get me on the sideline, which is still technically part of the field. Part of the field. It'd be <laughs> great if you were wearing the shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> And you go hand the water in the pads. So that is a unanimous no on Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, and uh, Terrell Owens. I mean, I, I love, I appreciate them wanting to be a part of it, and but it just doesn't work. So with that, there was also a rumor that was intermixed with all of that those offensive pieces moving around. And that was the defense. So the Jets and safety, Pro Bowl safety, Jamal Adams, have been having uh, their contract renegotiation talks have fallen apart. Jamal Adams goes on Twitter and tweets out, you know, starts to put out feelers for teams that he wants to go to. It's a short list. It's only seven teams. But on that short list, according to Adam Schefter, 49ers, basically every single team that was in the playoffs last year uh, (laughs) (laughs) is, is on this list for Jamal Adams. Who's an amazing talent? I don't watch the Jets, but I, I I see his resume. We obviously have his resume open here, but he's a Pro Bowl talent, and he comes to the Niners. Now, as much as I would love to see that happen, I just don't think I, I don't think it's a matter of him being a, a schematic fit because I think he absolutely would fit in this scheme. It's not a complicated scheme. Who do we trade? Yeah, it's like who do you give up, and what else do you give up in addition to who you give up? Yeah, we're going to become the Rams where it's going to start giving up draft picks left and right. We already had a a very tiny amount of draft picks this year, and it was a masterful, masterful draft in how we handled that. But that's not what I want every year. No. I don't want that every year. You don't. And we've we've already got some some picks that we've put on, you know, the the trade block uh, for, for getting some of the players that we got in this year's draft. You know, we gave up, I think, like next year's fourth or third. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a fourth. But um, I don't want to see that either because that you got you would have to give up. You obviously can't give up Jimmy Ward because he signed a deal, a deal in the offseason that's close to, you know, top, top level play. It's upper it's upper tier. I wouldn't say it's, it's not the best. He's not the highest paid safety in the league. But uh, if he signed, if he, if Jamal Adams signed the t- franchise tag, the tender, then he would get nine point nine million, which is. You know, but but he wants to get. He wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. So do I. Yeah. Same same with me. I want to be the highest paid quarterback. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but I think it's like, all right, you're already paying Ward 
I don't think they can afford two safeties at that price tag, especially when they gave Ward like twenty-eight and a half million for three seasons, you know, as an yeah. extension. That's assuming he doesn't revert back to the glass cannon. We hope he stays as Iron Man and doesn't become the glass cannon again. Yeah, and for those you know, for those who don't remember, the glass cannon is simply a gold cast term for when you struggle with injuries. Glass cannon. Right, you when you're iron. good, like you're you're good, but you can't stay healthy. Yep. You fire off, but sometimes you shatter. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes firing off shatters you before anything hits you. Hundred <laughs> percent, Raymond. Now this leads us to our final conversation about our number one receiver, and that is Mr. George Kittle. So obviously we have a huge contract that has not been signed. You predicted on last week's episode of the Goldcast that you believed. It would be signed before the season starts. So the question is, Raymond, when? When does this thing get signed? I don't know. I mean, I thought John Lynch would get signed the very next day after Kyle Shanahan. That didn't happen. That hasn't happened. I don't know what's taking them so long. Who knows? But we do know that the George Kittle thing is a little bit tricky and obviously has to do with the state of the sports market, the, 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 the broader market that affects all of us, the, the economy. The COVID-19. So they don't know what's going to happen with that. And I think at least that's what's been reported. I don't know if that's the actual reason, but that's what's been reported is that there's some apprehension because they're kind of waiting to see like, hey, if the season happens, then great, we can do something. But if it doesn't happen, then that really kind of changes how we approach the contract. But to me, it's like, why not just sign the deal and then put a contingency clause or an addendum in there because I, I work with seven figure contracts in my day job. You know, this is this is an eight figure contract that we're talking about for George Kittle. And you can put amendments in there and clauses in there and contingencies in there that coincide with any effect that might, you know, derail the season, which would in effect in turn affect pay the payment schedules of the players the same way it's affecting baseball and basketball. And put it in there to, to cover you. But at least you have him locked in. That would be, you know, the trade-off. You know, hey, we have to yeah, have... Yeah, but then there's also the question, Raymond, sorry to interrupt you, but there's also the question, is George Kittle willing to agree to that? Who knows? That's the question. Because I don't think he is. I mean, I don't know. Based on the sophistication of how these contracts are put together and negotiated between the agent and the, the personnel, Prague Marathe and, and John Lynch... You know, you have to think that something like that has been is on the table. You know, I don't I wouldn't say that it's been flat out rejected, but it's on the table. And I think I think both to me, the impression I get from the outside looking in with little inside information is that both sides are kind of waiting and seeing too. like, hey, I understand that there's extenuating circumstances that could affect the league, which could affect uh, affect all of our employment in the NFL. So I'm willing to wait and see how that works out, too. And if it works out, you know, where we can move along, then then let's get let's put pen to paper. If it turns out that it doesn't, then obviously, you know, we hit another stalemate. That's kind of where I where I see things, in my opinion. I think you're right. And again, as I said a couple moments ago, I think it's really going to come down to is George Kittle willing to let that kind of. Is he willing to say yes, that kind of contract? That's that's the issue, right? That's really the question. Is George Kittle willing to accept a contract that may have clauses in it 
pertaining to his payment based on what's happening in the world today. I think what you do is you you create counter clauses. You create counter clauses that say like, all right, I'm willing to accept that term. If I do this and this, then I got to get this. Some Yeah. Or you say like some of these incentives need to carry over. If there's going to be a holding period that's going to affect my my paycheck, me getting a paycheck, then some of the stuff needs to carry over when everything resumes. I can't just miss out on the opportunity. You know, so so some of that is that's got to be coming out of his side, too, assuming that they're even having these contingency talks, you know, about COVID and all that kind of other stuff and whether the season's going to happen or not. You know, which is kind of up in the air just because players are getting infected and when everyone starts to come back together because we're reopening right now and it seems like we're going to stay on the course of reopening and not retract again. So if you do go down that route, infections are going to happen. That's the nature of how this is going to work. So how does that affect, you know, the players? We know that there's a protocol in place that if you get infected, you do have to, you know, you have to self-quarantine. And you have to show no signs of symptoms for 14 days. That's two games in the NFL world. You know, that's, that's you know, uh, what Half is Half a month? Three, six, nine, 12 games in, in, a, in a normal NBA C or M MLB season. Up to 12 games, depending on the series length. So that's a lot. You know, that's, football, it's obviously way more. Two games is a higher percentage than 12 games in baseball. But uh, but either way, that's significant. And that's something that's going to have to be weighed on because it's like it's not like you're losing a guy for injury. You're losing a guy because he's got, you know, uh, an, uh, a new disease that's floating around, which is way different. You know, uh, so it's we're, we're playing in brand new territory that everyone's going to that everyone's it's it's new territory for everybody. It's new new territory for the, the players, for the coaches, for the staff, for the medical staff for the owners and the executives and also for the fans watching it all transpire. It's new for everybody. So there's no there's no guarantee that anything's going to proceed as planned. You know, it, the, the season, have, watching backups play because too many people are infected, that's going to be a, a boring product with a big-ass asterisk on it. That's like, well, that's like, that's like a lockout season. If you, if you lose games because there's replacements in there because of infected players, that changes everything. Because it's different. It's, it's not like because these are like top of the line athletes. So a lot of them are going to be asymptomatic, you know, and and they're not going to you know, they're going to be mostly healthy, you know, and some are some and they'll are, be fine. I think most of them are going to be yeah. fine. I don't think any, I, I knock on wood. I hope no athlete first athlete passes because of COVID. But having said that. I also don't want players to go down for two weeks of self quarantine because of COVID. And then what if they what if what if they get out of it and they still have it? You know, then what do you do? Right. And as you as 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 a scenario that you mentioned off stream, what if uh, someone like Jimmy Garoppolo gets it? That's two weeks without your quarterback, the most important position, and that applies to every team: Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady. Although that'd be doing the NFL a favor if Tom Brady missed two weeks, but that's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Again, uh, you got to go to the Swashbucklers cast if you want positive takes on Tom Brady. We're not, you're not going to get that here. And, and for those at the Swashbucklers cast, the orange and orange and eye patch cast, you can come right at us if you don't like what we have to say on the Gold Cast. We're ready. All right, Raymond. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, the the other challenging aspect of the George Kittle situation is that what we understand 
based on reporting, although it's not necessarily confirmed per se, at least not to my knowledge, perhaps I could be wrong, but George Kittle wants something similar to uh, number one wide receiver types of mon- type of money, which is $20 million. Now, the highest paid tight end in the NFL is Hunter Henry for the San Diego Chargers, who signed, I believe, got franchise tag, signed the tender, and that is a $10 million contract. So the highest paid tight end in the NFL, top tight end, Hunter Henry's not even the best tight end in the NFL, he makes $10 million. And George Kittle is far better in a way than Hunter Henry. I think the next highest paid tight end is... Uh, uh, Austin Hooper from Atlanta Falcons who went to the Cleveland Browns. He's at uh, 10 point something because it's like it's 10. Uh, Hunter Henry got over 10 million. Austin Hooper's a little bit less than that, but he's still at 10 million. And then the third highest paid tight end is Travis Kelsey, who's better than both those tight ends. And he makes 9.9 million. And George Kittle is better than all three of those tight ends. So I, I get the point he's trying to make. I just don't think that 20 million is a realistic number because. He's not, it's not like the Jimmy Graham who was like 70% wide receiver, 30% tight end. Kittle does not line up at wide receiver. Kittle lines up at fullback. Kittle lines up on the, on the, he lines up as a tight end almost 80% of the time, 85% of the time. He's either in the backfield or he's on the edge. And that's how he does it. Sometimes he lines up at slot. I've seen him line up at slot. Um, I've seen him line up. I mean, most of the time he's, he's inside near the line. That's where he's at. That's his bread and butter because his blocking ability is him and Usechek. Their blocking ability is Pro Bowl level, so you want them in. You want them inside protecting and establishing the run because Kyle Shanahan likes to run as much as he likes to pass. So I would argue that George Kittle's snaps are more tight end than they are wide receiver. Probably something more like 60-40. Even though I I said fifty, I thought I thought maybe fifty fifty, but I mean when you really think about it and go back to the play and the distribution of plays between pass and run, you know, I would say he's more 60-40 tight end wide receiver. I know he thinks otherwise, but we'd have to look at the numbers. We have to see, check out the snap count. That's a pro football focus kind of deal that we'll have to get into and see what that is. But like $20 million for a tight end, you're dub- you would double the top flight market value. I just don't know if that's reasonable. I think you can probably push to 15 I think right where you know the compromise would be halfway. I'll, I'll meet you halfway. That would be to me the sweet spot. So you say, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you fifteen. Maybe it's fifteen million guaranteed, five million in, in incentives. You could do something like that. So twenty million, fifteen million guaranteed. I I don't know. That's a that's a big contract for a wider uh, tight end. Yeah. Or you go halfway between that. Say I'll give you thirteen, and then put your have your incentives pushed to like fifteen, seventeen, something like that. That sounds like a Parag Marath contract right there. Yes, and you they're gonna work that magic. So we'll just have to wait. But that's that's the last kind of cherry on top to think about is that George. Remember George Kittle wants wide receiver one money, because he is technically statistically our number one wide receiver, but we know that that's going to change in the future, even though he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game, but he is just as much involved in the running game for his tight end blocking abilities as he is his receiving abilities. And here's one more thing, Raymond, just to tie it all back, let's go back to the last, our very first topic. Excellent stuff. Way to go on Kittle. I agree. Here's the final caveat. For those of us who are worried about Debo Samuels, worried about, Richie James, if there is any coach that can scheme around injury, it's Kyle Shanahan. 
Yes. So don't be that worried. We'll be fine. Absolutely. We'll be fine. And that is the X factor every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. So here's the question. How concerned are you about Debo and Richie James? Who should we get? It, do you think we should get A.B., Des Bryant, or t- t- don't, don't even talk to me if you think we should get T.O.? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just joking. You know there's at least one dude out there who's like, oh, yeah, 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 T.O. Yeah, just go with T.O. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, he's he hasn't played in a long time. That means he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, um, who do, do you think we should grab any of these veterans? How do you feel about a Jamal Adams trade? And finally... Last but not least, does George Kittle, does he deserve tight end money or wide receiver money? Let us know. Sound off at any of our social media handles. And we'll be back later on in the week with our top 11 horror villains. This is a huge episode. I'm not going to lie. It's probably our longest gold cast we've ever done. It's two hours long, but it's because we have a special guest, a special writer from around the interwebs who specializes in horror we're not going to talk about it here you're gonna to have to listen to the episode but it's a gigantic episode and of course pretty soon next week we'll be here with our top 11 final villains tournament all the top 11 villains of all time so check all that out plenty of stuff still to come and we are gearing up it's getting closer and closer raymond and you know how much i love we all do are the gold cast everyone 49er season is Prime time for the gold cast. So we are rapidly, rapidly getting close to the restart of the NFL season. I cannot wait. And so concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.